Good morning. It's good to be back. We are continuing our annual movie series, CBC at the Movies. So I'm glad you've joined us, those of you who are online and those of you who are in the room. This is our annual series where we look at movies and how they reflect biblical culture, biblical truth to our culture, within our culture. And movies speak to the wants and needs of the people around us. And they reflect the deep longing we have. They reveal the deep longing we have that really only God can provide. And the movie we're going to look at today is called The Atom Project. It's a time-traveling movie on Netflix. And it reflects that deeper longing, the desire to go back in time and to fix our mistakes and to heal our brokenness. And it's a fun action movie. But I love this movie because it touches the heart, because it speaks to those feelings and longings as it entertains. And in this first clip, we're introduced to our hero, Adam. And Adam is a time-traveling fighter pilot who has come from the year 2050, and he has met his 12-year-old self. He's injured, having battled um, to steal his jet from the year 2050 and to come back in time. Adam is played by Ryan Reynolds, and he meets young Adam, and young Adam finds this injured stranger in his garage, and as the clip begins, they're moving into the house because Adam needs supplies. Let's watch. in a garage let some creepy dude just wander around my house alone yeah i don't think so yeah believe me i don't want to be here any more than you want me here i just gotta stop bleeding long enough I address the wound prevent a nasty infection and i will be on my merry way don't touch that i was just looking don't touch my stuff is this a lightsaber no it's not a lightsaber okay. enough with the bat Okay, all right, if I wanted to hurt you, I'd have done it already, because if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, you have a very punchable face. Oh, my God! That, oh, that bullet went straight through. That's good. Pass. Wait, 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 wait. Bullet? You were shot? Yeah, no, actually, no. No, I was stabbed with a bullet. What do you think, you moron? I'm the moron. You're the one who was shot. Okay, that's it. <clears throat> that, wow, that, uh, that's weird. It farts when I cough. <laughs> Gross. Super gross. I'm gonna go upstairs. I'm gonna grab some stuff. Stay cool. You can trust me. That's easy for you to say. I'm the one who ends up in that therapist's office telling them about where the bad man touched me. Oh, God, that's where you go? Immediately? You are dark, man. Who even are you? That is classified. Why are you here? Also classified. Are you in the Air Force? When I say classified, what does your brain hear? Chocolate? What's with the lightsaber? It's not a lightsaber. Adam, I need you to play wait. it cool. I know that playing it cool wait. isn't really your thing. Wait, Never has wait. been. In wait, how do you know my name? You're Adam Reed, born February 10th, 
2010. Your parents are Ellie and Lewis Reed. Lewis would have died about a year ago. You don't play any sports because of an acute asthmatic condition. Plus, you're freakishly small for a 12-year-old. You go to Franklin Middle School, where you've been suspended two, maybe three times for fighting, which is ironic because you can't fight to save your life. Do you know my dog's name? Because I named him. Where are you going? Oh, God. All right. Here. Ready? Deep breath. Hold it. Three, two, one. Everybody gets a trophy. When I was seven, I ran into a table on the patio. I got 12 stitches. Right, right here. here. You knew how to get into my dad's garage. You knew how to close the fridge. You knew how to time my breathing. We have the same scar. And you're wearing my dad's watch. This watch. This watch. You're me. Holy That's classified. But yes, I once was. <coughs> I can't believe your future me. You came to terms with that pretty quickly, didn't you? It's a little disturbing, actually. So, why are you here? Rescue mission. I'm supposed to land here. I was aiming for 2018. I need to get there as soon as possible. Who were you trying to save in 2018? Really? Fine, can you at least tell me how you got here? I'll show you. What was that? Crap. What? Oh, we're gonna switch to plan A. Which is where you come in. You see, time jets, like all tech in the future, is coded to its user's DNA. Because I'm injured, ah, the jet won't even clear me to fly, which means I can't even get in there to fix her. But guess who can? doesn't like who he was as a kid. It's kind of mean and snarky to him because he doesn't want to be reminded of how weak and small he was and how lonely and unhappy he was after his father died. But adult Adam needs young Adam. When I first saw this movie, I was at the same time reading a book called Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. And the ideas in the book really fit the movie, so I'm going to talk about both of them. And apply the themes of the book to the movie. So I hope that doesn't confuse you, but I'll talk about what Donald Miller says, and he, he, he's not talking about the movie, but I think he is. So anyways, in the book, Donald Miller says this. 
In stories, there are four primary characters, the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide. And he says this about them. The victim feels they have no way out. The villain makes others small. The hero faces their challenges and transforms, and the guide helps the hero. And those are intriguing descriptions, aren't they? We don't really think of a villain or a hero that way. But Miller continues, these four characters exist in stories not only because they exist in the real world, but because they exist inside you and me. And he says, I play all four characters in my life every day. And that's true of us too. We play all four characters all the time. It's a stunning insight to think about. As many of you know, I was in Atlanta for several weeks helping my daughter with my newest grandchild. And it is so rewarding. It is such a blessing to be with my grandkids. But it also reminds me a little bit of my past failures and how easy it is to be the villain and to try to influence or discipline by making others small. It's easy to be the victim, and I was at times the helpless victim, blaming others, withdrawing into my resentment and blame. But I have also been the hero and the guide. And that's really the only way to build a meaningful life and to build meaningful relationships. What about you when you think about those four characters? Where do you see them in the story of your life? Think about those four characters as we watch the film clips and as you think about your own story. So now back to the movie. Adam was actually, as he said, aiming to go back to the year 2018 because his wife, Laura, disappeared in that year. And Adam's mission, really, is purely selfish. It's to go back and find the love of his life and rescue her. And in this second clip, we're gonna meet his wife, Laura, and we'll also meet the villain of the movie, Maya Sorian. And Sorian is Adam's boss. She's also Adam's late father's partner. And she and his dad had invented time travel. So watch the clip. Stay behind me. Don't you do it. Don't you do it, Reed. You want to see something cool? That's a lightsaber, dude. Quiet now. Time to go. Let's go. time stream. Who's that? That's Christos. We're in the academy together. He's a decent pilot, but a terrible person. He runs security for Sorian. Ouchie, with the face, did I do that? God, I hope the boss lets me kill you. <laughs> in fairness, though, you did you did shoot me first. On the bright side, you know, your, your face now matches your soul. Anyone ever tell you you talk too much? All the time. Let's come up. That's enough. Adam, before this goes any further, let's just go home, please. Uh, no! Just, just no. So you're risking your own young life over some paranoid delusion that I somehow killed Laura. I love Laura. You were both like family to me. I would never have hurt her. 
I hate that it's come to this. Guns. Christos, please escort Adam back to 2050. You're up. Yeah, I dropped the mag still. This? Yeah, yeah, okay. Start lower, go hot. outside her timeline, living alone, with no way out. She's been staying under the radar, lonely, waiting, hoping for Adam to come back and rescue her. She is a victim. She's been left alone and trapped by the villain, Maya Sorian. Laura is a victim. She has no way out, but she doesn't act like a victim. A victim feels they have no way out, that they're helpless against fate or circumstances. And Laura doesn't do that. A victim gives up. But Laura has developed a safe house, developed weapons, trained to become better and stronger, become a superb fighter, and she actually rescues Adam. That's what a hero does. A victim feels they have no way out. A hero faces their challenges and transforms. And in Laura, we see a significant truth. Who you believe you are will determine the quality of your story. Laura believes she's a hero. She doesn't believe she's a victim. She could have given up, but she didn't. And Adam is happy now. He's achieved his mission. He wants to just go back and live his happy life. But he finds out that Sorian has also gone back in time and bullied her younger self destroyed, wrecked the time-space continuum, and so that she now has power to rule the world, unless Adam goes back to prevent his dad from inventing time travel in the first place. And this means he has to leave Laura, possibly lose her again, sacrifice his future in order to save the world. And it's a tough choice. And Laura pushes him to do that. 
because that's what heroes do. They face their challenges and transform. And in the next clip, we'll see the two Adams go back to 2018 to find Dad, who is played by Mark Ruffalo. And Dad is a college professor, and he's lecturing a physics class. It's interesting that you, uh, you know that. I'm sorry, do I know you? Just auditing the class. Any other questions? All right, the uh, reading's on my website, and I'll see you Tuesday. Adam? Time travel? So he came back from 2050 and he got you? Yes. How old are you now? 12. What, why did you need your 12-year-old self? I didn't need him. You needed me to fly the jet. Jet? There's, there's a jet. There's a jet, my oh. jet. I, what I meant was I didn't need you originally. 2022 was a mistake. 20, and you flew this jet? Yes. Did you, though? That my jacket looks a little tight on you, don't That's you think? That's what I said. It's fine. You look like a condom with buttons. This is fun. <laughs> And why was 2022 a mistake? I wasn't supposed to be there. You're, you're not supposed to be here. You don't say. They shot him when he stole the jet. Please don't you tell him that. Stole why would a he need jet? to know okay, that? Stop. It's a stop. Both of you, stop talking now. Do you realize how absolutely wrong this is? You can't be here. You can't be anywhere but your own timeline. Hey, what, what do you think we're doing here? You think we're short of hugs in the future? There's a reason I, I, I need to talk I to. I don't care. No, don't, don't, care. don't get me at this the wrong care. way. I'm very happy to see you, and I mean this in the best possible way, but you need to talk back to where you came from. Anything you say or do could cause hey, an emergence. Just, no, can you please just shut up for a second? No, listen. I'm not gonna listen. For a second, I'm not gonna and listen to me. Because what shut you the are physics doing fountain is in your face. Dad! Oh. Are you okay? Oh. In fairness, it's okay. I, I asked him nicely it's to shut up okay. and and to listen. He did no such thing. It's okay. So. It's fine. I'm fine. So go. But you get. We don't hit people in this family. What was that? That's what you get. How did you turn out to be such an? I thought you loved me. I do. None of it matters anymore anyway. Are you kidding me? Of course it matters. Dad? Of course it matters. Don't they don't have safeguards where you come from? Dad. Protocols. Maya and I agree Dad? there'd be an ethics Dad. panel with with real oversight. None of it matters anymore. Wait, it already happened? Somebody already altered time? Who? Sorian. Maya? Maya. Young Adam runs toward Dad, but adult Adam is a little angry, a little hostile towards Dad. And his impatience rears when Dad doesn't listen and he punches him in the face. And here we see Adam as the villain and the victim. Donald Miller defines a villain as a character that makes others small. And that's kind of surprising. We don't normally think of villains that way. We think of villains as evil people who do terrible things like Maya Sorian. And we don't think of ourselves as villains because we're not outright evil and we're not out to 
destroy the world or to destroy others, but we do make others small. We make others small, sometimes on purpose, sometimes accidentally. But like Adam, we make others small when we're angry, passive-aggressive, sarcastic, when we make jokes and put others down, and we hurt them by what we say, do, and how we treat them. And Adam is a villain, but he's also a victim. And none of us likes to think of ourselves as a villain, but I think a lot of us think of ourselves as victims. We get stuck thinking that we're trapped with no way out and that it's someone else's fault. We might feel trapped in an unhappy relationship, in a job going nowhere, in a health or financial problem, or in a situation out of our control. When we feel that way, like victims, helpless and trapped, we often get passive and choose to do nothing except complain, wallow, and get angry. Who you believe you are will determine the quality of your story. And Adam believes he's a victim. In the next clip, we'll find out how those beliefs were formed. I know you think you know more than me because you're older. Go away, Adam. And I know why you hate him so much. Really? Well, do tell. I'm on the edge of my seat here. I wonder what it was. It because he's uh, narcissistic, or um, uh, never came home from work, or cared more about his job than he did his job. Because he died. You hate him because he died. You made yourself hate him because it was easier than missing him. And I remember some stuff that you maybe don't want to. Oh, yeah. Like what? Play catch with us almost every night. Catch. You get home from work. Be so tired. And I've been the yard throwing the ball against the pitchback. You remember the pitchback, right? Oh, I I remember the pitchback. Yeah, he bought it so he didn't have to play with me. Nope. He bought it because they had one in the window of Altman's. And every time we passed that store. Begged him to buy it for me. So that's what Dad did. But he'd see me thrown in the yard, and no matter how tired he was, he'd always grab his mitt to come out for a catch. Things happen to you, to us. And we suck at dealing with it. I'm starting to think that's something we do. I give Mom a hard time now, and I think. I think it's easier to be angry than it is to be sad. And I guess when I get older, I forget that there's a difference. How'd you get to be so smart? How'd you get to be so dumb? Adult Adam's memories have been distorted. And for 30 years, Adam's been carrying around these distorted stories that make him believe that his dad was a workaholic father who was never there for him. And young Adam is a guide. He helps him 
to see the truth and to remember what really happened. In an interview, director Sean Levy reveals that there's a deleted scene in which dad says to Adam, look, somewhere between the villain you think I am and the hero young you thinks I am, there's the real guy. I'm neither. I'm just a guy doing the best I can. And that's true of most people. In most cases, the people who have hurt you or angered you or upset you are really just real people, normal people, doing the best they can. The stories you tell yourself make you feel like you're the innocent, aggrieved victim. But that's not always the truth. It's not always that simple. But even when it is, you have a choice. You can choose to be a victim, feel trapped and helpless with no way out. Or you can face your challenges and transform. You can become a hero. Sometimes you need help, you need a guide, sometimes you need therapy. But you have a choice to live a different story. So think about that for a minute. What are the stories you tell yourself that make you think, make you believe or feel like a victim? And how could you choose a different story? Miller says, victims live at the mercy of forces outside themselves. The heroic transformation begins when the hero takes responsibility for their story. And Adam does that. He takes responsibility. He chooses to let down his angry guard and work with his dad to respect him, to listen to him, to work alongside him as they destroy the hard drive that makes time travel possible. And in the next clip, we see Adam the hero, both young Adam and adult Adam, as they make bold, courageous choices. I gotta hand it to you, Dad. You were not messing around. This is where we house the hard drive. What happens if you pull it out? One of two things. The accelerator will continue to run on a dormant loop, but without the algorithm, no one will ever be able to program it again. Or? Or there's a cataclysmic meltdown that will destroy all living things within 100 miles. Well, let's hope it's the first thing. everything we've worked for? Our work was supposed to have moral ground rules. We were gonna change the world. Change the world? The only thing that's changed is obviously you. Have you lost your mind? All these years, I funded your work. I'm not the villain here. I've spent millions. Hundreds of millions of my money, my wealth, mm. just to fund your every indulgence. But this, this is mine to do with as I please. Now. Adam, give me the drive. No. Just no. I thought you were going to say that. 
gun. My. What the hell are you doing? Are you crazy? Oh, I think that's well established. Adam, just listen to her. It's okay. It's all right. Because Adam's going to give me the drive right now. Shh. Aren't you Adam? Adam? Adam. Hey, beautiful idiot. If I shoot him, you die too. Adam, I'm thinking it over. What? What do you mean you're thinking? Yeah, it's, it's a complicated issue. What is there to think no, over? It's a big decision. It's not a big decision. I need to think it through. I'm about to lose my here. Give her the drive. Give her the drive, man. Just, just give her it. the drive. <laughs> Electromagnetic seal compromised. Spoiler alert, the good guys win here. But we need heroes today in real life. The Bible tells us we're fighting a battle too. Ephesians 6 says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world. And our world looks pretty dark these days. Our world needs Jesus. Your world, your community, your workplace, your family, they need heroes who will face their challenges and transform. Donald Miller says, every hero in every story you have ever loved wanted something specific and was willing to sacrifice to get it. Every hero in every story you have ever loved experienced pain and setbacks, but found a perspective that allowed them to keep going. And every hero in every story you have ever loved, someone wanted to serve a purpose larger than themselves. So think about yourself as a hero. What do you want your story to be about? And what's the larger purpose that you serve? What's the larger purpose that gives your life meaning? Last week, Pastor Brandon talked about the movie The Eternals and Ephesians 2 and that we have been created for a larger purpose, and that God's purpose for us is that we would see the incomparable riches of God's grace in Christ, and that we would reflect God's goodness to the world. And that's what heroes do. The first half of Ephesians talks about those blessings, those riches, that grace. It's not until Ephesians 6 that this battle idea comes. 
Because we first need to understand who Jesus is, what he's done, and who we are because of Jesus. The second half of Ephesians talks about how we live and how we act. But knowing who Jesus is and who we are and what we have and what we can do is the foundation for how we live. We don't transform ourselves and make ourselves strong enough because we have the ability or the grit to be heroes. We are transformed because we know Jesus and we have the love and power of Jesus in us. In the middle of Ephesians, in Ephesians 3, verses 7 to 8, the Apostle Paul reflects on his own mission, his own story. And he says in verses 7 to 8, I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. And Paul is a hero for Jesus. But he tells us that the power and the ability to do that is not his own. It's the gift of God's grace. And that's true for us too. Our power, our ability to be heroes, to face our challenges and transform, doesn't come from us. It comes from the love and power of Jesus in us. And Paul prays that you would grasp that in Ephesians 3, verses 16 to 19. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in, in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the fullness, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Do you know that? Do you really grasp how loved you are in Christ? That's the source of your power and strength. It's the certainty that you are loved, rooted and established in the love of Jesus. It's the certainty, the confidence, the security that you are enough, that you are cool enough, strong enough, smart enough, good enough, that you have everything you need to be a hero. We're going to watch one last clip that shows us the resolution between Adam and his dad before the, both Adams return to their timelines. And Adam tries to warn his dad that he's going to die, but dad doesn't want to hear that. He has something to say. And as he's speaking, listen to his words as though he's speaking to you. Who do you need to hear those words from? Imagine that. And then on another level, imagine Jesus speaking to you. Let's watch. Welcome, Dad. There's something that we need to tell you. I, I already know. I knew the moment I saw you. I'm sorry, boys. I'm, uh, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm not going to be there for you down the road. And I've given it a lot of thought, but you cannot tell me how or when it happens. You came back here because no one has a right to change a future, including us. It's your future. No. You're my future both of you. And how lucky am I that I got to see it. I haven't been there for you, and I'm sorry, but I saw you 
being born, I watch you take your first breath. And after that happens, nothing is ever the same again. You're my son, Adam, and I love you. You're my boy, and I love you. <laughs> I loved you from the first minute that I saw you, and that will never change. Adam. Dad. You're my boy. You're okay. amazing. I love you. I get it, Dad. I don't think you do. I am proud of you. Okay. I love you, son. Know that inside your heart. No, come here. Come here. You're my boys. And you'll always be my boys. Throughout all time. I love you, Dad. I love you, buddy. Don't carry this around anymore. I need you, Dad. It's so hard without you. I know. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be better than okay. You don't know that. Are you kidding me? Have you seen this guy? <laughs> Don't carry this around anymore. What broken stories do you need to let go of? Films reflect the needs and the deep longing of our culture. And underneath the action, this film explores loss and grief the heart of the father-son relationship, and the soul's deep need for healing and wholeness. It's the deep longing to be able to go back in time and fix what was broken in us, in our lives, to find healing and to find the certainty that we are loved. We don't get to go back in time and change things like that. But Jesus does that for us. Jesus forgives our sin. He wipes the slate clean. He rewrites our story, redeems what's broken, and restores us to healing and wholeness. We are loved completely by God, and we are changed by that love and by the power we have because Jesus died and rose again for us. But we don't experience that kind of love and power alone. You need a guide. You need people. You need a community of people who will help you face your challenges and transform. Donald Miller says, this story, the story, is not about the guide. Yet the guide is the strongest, most capable character in every story. They are the ones who are most caring and compassionate. Our utmost respect is reserved for the guide. Think of Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid, or Mary Poppins, or Yoda. And this is a good word for those of you who think your hero days are behind you. You can be a guide. Your experiences and your wisdom give you that opportunity. As we get older, we can feel old. We can feel put out to pasture and useless. And we can give up. Or we can be a guide. We can feel helpless and remain helpless and belittle those who are younger. Or we can be a guide, caring and compassionate 
in the respected role of guide. But guides can be any age. Young Adam is a guide. Adam's dad is a guide. Both of them helping Adam to know that he is loved. And he needs to hear and know that in order to experience love and wholeness and transform. The Apostle Paul is a guide, telling us over and over in the New Testament, explaining in different ways, in different places, what the gospel is and what it means that we are made new for a purpose. Your friends and family might be guides, the ones who help you face challenges and transform. Think of the ones who pour power and grace into you. And you and I can be guides as we listen, encourage, as we pray for others, as we share our stories and our faith, and we offer our experience and whatever wisdom we've gained. We can be guides, we can be heroes, and we can help others be heroes. How might God be calling you to write a better story, to live out his love and power for you, to serve a purpose larger than yourself? I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may grasp how wide and deep and high, how wide and deep and high and something, <laughs> is the love of Christ, and that you would be changed by that love. It's the depth of the love of Jesus that melts us, drives us, empowers us to love others, to serve, to give, to be heroes. Don't think too hard about how to be a hero, but think hard about who Jesus is, what he's done for you, and who you are because of Jesus. Jesus loves you so much that he came for you, to be with you, he died on the cross for you, with the power to rise again for you. He calls us to live out that love and power, to love others instead of making them small. He calls us to live a larger purpose, a purpose larger than ourselves as his disciple, and to be heroes and guides. Let's do that. Let's pray.